Hey everybody, it's Lenora from It's a New Dawn and I am here again today with my organic shirt. Organic people. Anyway, I am here, let me see if I can switch it, with the lovely Aura Hoffman. Hello. Okay. Yes, from TikTok. Um, I don't even know if I have to even say where I've met the people. This is my sixth recording and every single one has been somebody from TikTok and I don't see that fizzling out anytime soon at all. But um, I met, you were one of the first people I met on TikTok. Um, again, I had said that if I, anybody wanted to share their story about overcoming adversity or helping others through their adversities, I'd love to have them on the show. And I thought of Aura just because um, in the beginning when I started um, my journey on TikTok, I talked about my abuse and my past and all that. And um, I had said, if anybody needs anything, please contact me. And Aura was one of those people who reached out to me. And we actually did have a conversation on the phone. But then since then, Aura has grown into this, um, has a beautiful following on TikTok uh, with people who just adore her. And um, I'm one of those people. And uh, she just helps so many people in overcoming some, I want you to tell the story and what you exactly do, but I'm gonna pass over the camera to you, Aura. So tell everybody who you are, where you came from, what your story is and all that. So. All right. Well, <clears throat> as you stated earlier, my name is Aura, and that's exactly how I am. Uh, my username on TikTok is Aura Hoffman. Um, I came across TikTok, as probably many of us had, uh, during the pandemic. When that started, it was starting to get really, um, really bad for my mental health. Um, just before the pandemic, I was starting actually to get out and get <clears throat> my routine back and actually face the world. And then the pandemic happened and it was like a, like a knockdown uh, for me. And um, I actually spoke with a lot of people from um, my TikTok, my friends, and they were um, experiencing um, the same. So um, I got on TikTok and... Um, I think I made the best decision regarding my uh, healing process, my recovery for my healing process. And of course, I came across to you, you were sharing a story that I got really connected to, um, to you and I reached out to you and um, we were talking. And at that time, I actually didn't know what I wanted to put on TikTok. I was very, uh, my anxiety was all over the place. I was actually, my first videos was with my um, dog, Max, um, and I did not show my face. But slowly, slowly, as I was um, viewing videos on TikTok and seeing more people coming out and sharing their stories and um, talking about mental health and talking about their struggles, somehow um, give me, lift up and um, realize and um, that's realize is not a word that um, 
um, that I should take it easily. It's when you realize something, you make it big. Um, I realized that I was not alone. And as my process into TikTok, I found amazing people like you. And um, always, I always like to mention the people that, that give me a push into this platform because um, because of them, I'm doing what I'm doing and decide to do what I'm doing. So uh, I came across a wonderful, um, a wonderful person. His name is uh, Joe Atang. Um, he lifts people up. He does phone calls and listens to people. And, and that actually um, gave me a view of the image where I want to be on TikTok. And slowly I started. And um, at first, I didn't know exactly what I should share, what or how the people and the crowd is going to get out of what I'm doing. And I was afraid as um, the fact that I am dealing with anxiety and I am dealing with depression and I am dealing with complex post-traumatic stress and all that. I was afraid of the reaction from, you know, from the opposite side. And luckily for me, I had and still having and still experience a, a very good positive outcome of my, um, of my work through, uh, through TikTok. And um, I did, honestly, did not expect this beautiful outcome. Um, I always say this, I am not a therapist. I do not have any training in that and I always state that into my lives but what I am I am a mental health survivor I am a childhood trauma abuse and neglect survivor I am an eating disorder survivor and my plan my goal my plan is to use this platform, this tool, as much as possible because it helps me. And also my goal is because I am on my path of healing from my childhood trauma and because I know how it is to feel confused and to feel in a dark place and to feel that you are alone and to not find the words, the right words to your emotions. And sometimes we don't, sadly, we don't even try to find the words because we think that somehow it's only in our heads. And even if we try to explain, people will not understand, which that's, that's exactly what happens in our society today. And it's been happening for many, many years. And Talk more about that because I know you're you're passionate about the stigma and yes. getting help and all of that. So yes. and also also if you and I you know I want to make this you know be as delicate as I can. Um, if you want to talk more about uh, the eating disorder, anything about the abuse. I mean, I'm very parallel with the eating disorder. I don't I, I don't know if that's why you reached out whether it was the eating disorder portion that I had talked about or the abuse, my sexual abuse problem, you know, what happened with me with that. Um, I don't know, but um, it's always 
comforting or I don't know if the word is comforting, but to know, to, to learn how others exactly these things, because I'm actually going to try to get back on today and talk about the second part of my story, how I overcame the eating disorder and dealt with the craziness as I, you know, in my head, those little voices and my suicidal attempts and, and um, how I was able to deal with it and, um, you know, how I'm very conscious of it. And I actually deal with those things every day. And it's a very conscious decision. But I'm very curious to know how you were able to overcome them. But if you're not comfortable talking about it, I totally no, understand. I- I will go into it because it's actually a subject that is not talk enough about it. Um, But I'm going to finish the trade of thought that I had a little bit earlier. And I was expressing that um, um, my goal. So because I'm in this path of healing and because I'm in this road and I'm experiencing so many emotions, um, my goal is to take as many friends from TikTok as I can and walk this journey of recovering healing together. I am not leaving them behind. They are not going to walk in front of me. We are going to stand together one next to another and we are going to walk this path together. That is my goal. If it's only one person, that's all I need. One person. Mm-hmm. If there's mm-hmm. more, then that's a gift. That's good. But, um, going back to your question um, regarding eating disorder, I... Um, but even I before that, I, w- I want to know how you're going to do that because that's really exciting. I have an idea because I think you, you talked to me about it. But yes, definitely come back to that, how you are going to do that because you are helping everybody tremendously now. I've seen it. I've seen it on your lives and all. But I know you have other plans. So if you want to come back to that, that's fine. Um, whatever you want to do. This is a conversation. Yeah, we can come back to that, but I'm going to go to your um, question regarding eating disorder. So as you, everyone can hear my accent, I am not born in America. I was born in Romania, born and raised, moved in the United States when I was 23 years old with one bag of clothes and the love in my heart. Mm. And I build a beautiful family here. And I could not be more grateful of what this country has been offering to me and what people from this country has offered to me. So with that state in mind, um, my eating disorder, I am suspecting that I've been having that for as long as I uh been knowing myself due to some health problems. As a little child, I was born um, early and um, I was, me and my mom were in danger. Um, it was that bad that I actually had to stay in a hospital for a year straight out of my first year of my life. They were feeding me with tubes. Then after that first year, I went home and I did not or could not accept solid food. So other two years of my life, um, I was fed, bottle fed. At three years old, I tried my first solid food. And um, as a child, and because of 
because of the uh, culture there, because it was not enough knowledge about it, nobody was concerned about it, but uh, I was having strange behaviors as I remember as a kid around food, like every morning uh, my hands will shake um, and my whole body will shake until I would get the first bite of food. So going back, um, to that, I'm starting to connect the pieces, the pieces just now at 37 years old um, and connecting that. I accepted my eating disorder just last year. Um, my mom passed away two years ago and um, that's when actually everything changed for me. Something, um, something switch, a switch just got turned off. And uh, I'm sure that it was the emotion because um, I love my mom. And just um, also I witnessed that moment. I was right there and it was very unexpected. And um, starting from there, the first year was really hard for me. I, in the past year, I didn't had behaviors like binging or purging. I was restricting and I was aware of my weight as if I want to be a healthy person and this is my number and I cannot go over that number. But I never took it as an eating disorder. Well, after my mom passed, I went to full-blowing behavior for a year straight and um, that did not go very well with me. And uh, after a year, I accepted my eating disorder. And I think this topic is not talked enough about it. And I will start to put more on my, um, on my TikTok as well, on my platform. Because eating disorder, it's seen, sadly, as a choice. And um, I'm not speaking only from person to person. I'm speaking even medical staff, medical staff, people that's supposed to be there and help you and realize what's going on with you. I'm speaking even about psychiatrists for real, um, even support groups. They do not have a grip of the eating disorder. Eating disorder, as we all know, it's commercial as a person that it's very, very underweight. So underweight that you can see every, you know, every structure of the body, every bone. And only then you are worthy of help in their mind. Only then it's that thing of, yes, you do have it. And yes, you do need help. And it's because, it's because it's put like that through social media, through commercials, through anything. And sadly, people does not know that if you are at a steady weight, you can have an eating disorder. Sadly, people does not know that eating disorder comes in many ways and many forms. Mm -hmm. And sadly, people does not know that eating disorder, it's number one number one outcome from childhood abuse and neglect. Why it's that? In my perspective, it's because as a child, you look at your world and 
I'm looking at my son and he's having it. I'm so glad I'm offering him the right life. Um, as a child, you want control. As a child growing up, you want control. You, your life cannot be, you know, you cannot worry as a child if, if uh, am I going to get uh, abused tomorrow or tonight? Or that's a constant survival. That's a constant survival. A child needs to know that uh, the world is beautiful. It's safe. And my parents are there for me and I will be okay. Um, and because childhood trauma survivors, abuse and neglect, uh, don't, their brain is not built that way. Um, they need that control. And because they're not getting that control from the people that they should be cared for, uh, that should care for them, they are developing this need of control. And the need of being good enough all the time. What can I do to change myself? What can I do to be better for my abuser? And it's very sad because you are a kid and you don't understand that it's not your fault at that point. Um, instead of understanding that my mom or my dad, I'm taking my mom out because my mom was not abusive. My dad um, was abusive. Um, and I always tried to be better to not get hit. I always try to be better. What can I do? Is this cup in the right place? Can I put it here? Because if it's here, I'm not going to get hurt today. That's exactly how he was. He would walk in a room and he would call me and ask me, look around and see what you see different in this room and I will look around and I will try so hard to find something to give him an answer. Sadly, it wasn't the answer he wanted. And um, he lifts his foot off the carpet and there was, I don't know how to explain to you, uh, maybe this on a carpet. Mm -hmm. And he will look at me and, and will be like, you didn't feel that walking on this carpet. So that's kind, that kind of terror, uh, mostly every day. And um, I'm saying that because I want people to know that um, abuse and neglect, it is is—it uh, is hard to go back as an adult because you almost relieving everything. And um, yes, you are in an adult body, but your emotions, your body emotions, um, feels as if you were there. So I don't want to lose the trade, trade of the eating disorder, but um, so that's childhood trauma. Abuse. It's all part of it. It's all it's part all, of it. And just It's all connected. It's all connected. And, and Aura, I have to say something. Um, you hit the, hit the nail right on the head. I almost cried because you know how sensitive I am. But when you said... Um, about getting abused and you didn't have control at that point you know you didn't have control so the bulimia that I had I had control 
over exactly. and that's so true you just hit the nail on the head which I know because I actually wrote about it and yeah. I said I went into this bulimia full-blown because I had control that priest did not have control I he wasn't there like he had control over my body yeah but then finally I had control of what was going in my body and I had control that I could purge it up get rid of it Exactly. And sadly, then the food takes control over me because then exactly. I had no, I, it was an addiction and it was not, exactly. you know, exactly. right, right. Exactly. And you're, yeah. And you said, just, um, <laughs> and yes. one thing that, um, one thing that I want to point out is this, um, me and you, we take our situation, we're not gonna, you know, personalize to everybody. If somebody hearing this can relate, then that's good. The question is, why wouldn't we develop this eating disorder when everything was out of our control? We went with the only one thing that we can control. What is exactly in life, one thing that you can control? It's what you put in your mouth mm -hmm. and that's why eating disorder is it's um it's number one uh mental like this mental illness mm -hmm. that happens mm -hmm. after mm -hmm. childhood trauma abuse and neglect mm -hmm. doesn't have to be necessarily after during the trauma and one more thing, too, what you said before I forgot my train of thought. You said people think that you, you are, like, really thin, and then, then finally you get help, right? Well, if you saw my TikTok and I pointed to that picture of me at 16, I was not thin. I was heavier, but I was in full-blown bulimia mode, throwing up four or five times a day, but I ate so much, you just can't get rid of everything. So exactly. I was not that, I was not that stigma, but I was dying, exactly. literally dying. Exactly. So yes, you, you don't have to be frail. No. Exactly. And I needed help. another thing that I want to point out, as I was saying earlier, eating disorder comes in so many ways, shapes of form, but because it's put to the world as skinny, it, it, it gives a, a, a misunderstanding about eating disorder. People that are overweight also can have eating disorder. Of course, you are not going to look at them and be like, oh my God, that person has an eating disorder. And this, I hope I'm saying the right words and I hope you're not going to get upset. People, when they look at people overweight, all they think it's like, oh my gosh, that person eats a lot and doesn't do exercise. Oh, they don't see it, that food, it's a comfort to them. You look yes. at them and you tell them, um, you kind of need to exercise because your health is in danger. When you tell that to them, they will go to food for comfort and they will no. eat more. When you look at the person and be like, oh, wow, you look very good. That means you don't have anorexia anymore. That person will take it as, it can oh be. Oh, my God. Right. It can be as a kind thing and good thing to say. I'm not saying people that say that mean it in a bad way. No. But how in the mind of an anorexic it is, it's like, I'm healthy. 
I'm I'm healthy. That means I'm not skinny anymore. That exactly. means that means, means I put on weight, so it's mm-hmm. noticeable to you. And and I and what's going on? And you run yep. to the scale and you weigh yourself, and then you go full blowing um, uh, yep. eating disorder. And um, the eating disorder is so much misdiagnostic because it's 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 so many different types of eating disorder and as i say everybody speaks only about anorexia doesn't speak about um uh, uh anorexia and bulimia i see more of it but doesn't speak about overeating disorder uh you know uh, all those types and it's it's damaging it's damaging yeah. people more and more. Mm-hmm. It's damaging mm-hmm. people more and more. One example I want to give. Um, so I've been seeing my psychiatrist for a year. And before the pandemic, I used to go to his office. And every single time I refused to be weight, which you have the right to refuse to be put on I still, I still don't get weight. I still, because I do not want that piece of metal having exactly. control over my head. Exactly. And that's why, right. So, exactly. But as a psychiatrist, I'm thinking, I mean, I don't know how, I, I do think that uh, mental health is taken as numbers. They are not taken as individual. I am learning through this process because I've been only two years and I'm learning as I go. And what I am understanding is that, uh, yes, a psychologist is different, but a psychiatrist just, I was in one appointment with him on the phone and I was very, I never feel comfortable with him. And just because he never listens to what I have to say. And every time I go, somehow it's a different person that I talk with him with. And then another person comes in for, uh, he comes in for five minutes, not even five, gives me the, me- uh, the medication or even asks me, do you want your medication to be high up? Which I don't know. How do you want me to know that? Right. Yeah. Right. And right. Right. I, because it was the pandemic, I had a little bit more courage to talk with him on the phone and express to him that I am very hyper vigilant in my sleep. Nobody can make a move. Nobody can can make a sound because I am awakening right away. And um, he cut me off through my half of discussion, and he said to me, "Well." Um, do you want to change your medication? And I felt so bad because he did change my medication. And luckily, my therapist, she's amazing. I had an appointment with her and I expressed and she stood there for the whole, almost the whole appointment, explaining to me, what is this medication for? What is this medication going to do for me? Why did he prescribe it for morning and evening? And what is it going to help? me with right he didn't do that and all i got is the rate of depression from one to ten and i'm not gonna curse here but i was like if i really going to rate my depression it's going to be bad uh you can curse you can curse by the way you can uh, the only thing that i said in my head was how the fuck am i gonna do that excuse my language i i told her i don't know she asked me, the person asked me three times and I told her, I do not know how to explain to you. And to come to the conclusion, 
that they go by numbers, not by personal experience. I am not putting this on all the psychiatrists. Some of them probably are very good and doing their job right, just as in any profession. Um, but I got the bad end of the stick probably, and I'm looking for another psychiatrist, um, by the way. And uh, that's what it needs to be done differently. It has to look at us as not numbers, as different people. And talking about helping tools and everything, um, therapy for me has been so helpful. I know the stigma around therapy. When you say to somebody, I am going to therapy, they look a little bit at you differently, or you might think they look at you different, but they don't. Because the media puts that. It's the media on TV, on the internet, everywhere. They put out such a beautiful pictures, a vacation on the beach, all smiles, kids with beautiful hats, couples looking so beautiful and perfectly. Um, beauty products, they show beautiful image of a woman or a man. But the reality is not that and we chase that we chase what we see what the media feeds us we chase that sadly most of our life and we kind of get stuck and don't understand the happy what it's really happy what really makes you happy and what are you chasing because that vacation beautiful vacation that we all want to be in right Mm -hmm. It's taped, it's um, word by word or move by move recorded. That's not exactly the reality of the outside world. And when people will understand that, I think that when, um, that, that is when we can see each other as human beings in a different perspective and our expectance of people will be different and I think of therapy as a gift to myself did I think like that first year in therapy hell no I was going like a freaking zombie my hair not washed I was like literally dragging my feet to her office twice a week every week I stuck with it I was sometimes looking and be like, what the heck is she talking about? Why is she being so positive when my whole world is crushing down? What's going on? Uh, why am I paying her to listen myself talk? Like, this does not sound correct. And luckily, I stuck enough with her. And now we're going on two years. And I am not 100% better, better. And I don't think I will ever be because I endured my first 15 years of life of uh, torture. And when I say torture, it is torture. Every single day, mentally and physically. And um, I'm not expecting to be 100% better. Um, and I just, a few months ago, I started to stand up and fight back because uh, even if I was right there and stayed right there, it would have taken me away. And I have a beautiful son. And uh, my marriage, it's 
I'm not gonna say perfect because perfect is not the word, but uh, I couldn't be more happy with where my marriage is right now and the friends that I have. I couldn't be more happy with the friends that I have. Um, but I came to realize that in therapy, if you want to know what really happens in therapy and what we expect, stick with therapy long enough and you will see this. Imagine going to a person that's an expert in puzzles and forever you want this puzzle into a picture. So you grab all your picture, all your pieces, puzzles, and you put it on the table to this person. For you guys to work together on that puzzle, you have to find and look at every little piece of it to make sure it matches. Once you have the picture, the whole picture, it would look different to you. That's what therapy helps you with. Those puzzle pieces are your emotions, your anger, your stress, your emotional flashbacks, your night terrors. When you put that into words, when you put that into words, that transfer to taking the puzzle pieces and looking at it, that's the words. And you might not find the right words. That's why a therapist is there to give you a different perspective, a different, um, to build your vocabulary on your emotions that you feel. And working through that, it's hard because at some point you'll find yourself in the middle of a therapy session and you'll be like, holy shit, I feel so stupid because I just remember something that happened to me that is so serious to me. And um, how could I not think it was serious? Is that kind of awaken that make you in a way question yourself if it's true, make you in a way question yourself of um, am I good enough to recover from this or is it important enough? Any trauma that you experience, any suffering, mental or physical, it is important enough and it needs to be talked about and it needs to be put in words. And the best way you, I can do it is also bring awareness about it, make more people aware of what you are going through, your sufferings, because it's impossible as a mental health survivor to not have this one thought in your head. It's my fault. It's mm -hmm. only in my head. I'm not good enough. What is wrong with me? And when you start grabbing the tools that are there for you and decide to fight back, then you will understand and you will start to decide that the healing process is not because something is wrong with you. You are perfect the way you are. You don't need to do anything to change or to be better. You don't have to do anything in order to heal. To, don't try to do the perfect because you are good the way you are. You are trying to get it right over and over and over and over again. Sadly, it's not gonna happen because the past is the past and you cannot try to get the past right. You can't. 
but you can work with the future and you can decide that you're healing for what's wrong with the people that abuse you because there's nothing wrong with you. No, amen, sister. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> we are perfect beings, you and I and others. Yeah. Um, and I know through what you do on TikTok, I would imagine that is healing of sorts because I know it's been healing for me because people would never imagine I was, I'm so introverted as far as showing my face and my body and all of that. But TikTok has given me this, like, I love me. I love my body. I am, I am grateful for the strength that I have. I am, it has given me that platform. I couldn't do that on the other platforms like Facebook and Instagram. I don't know why I just couldn't, but I would imagine that you, this is healing for you also helping others. Of course, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to answer for you, but I'm hoping that that helps as far as your path to, to your healing. Cause I've seen how you're helping people. I've been in your lives. Um, they need you. Um, for them, for you to remind them that they are enough over and over and over again. Because I was in therapy 15 years, 18 years, and I had to be told every week, it's not your fault. And um, yeah. Yeah. you are enough. I mean, there's never enough times where I don't think to be told that. So exactly. Yeah. So exactly. what are your what are your plans on there? I know you have something you in your up your sleeve. <laughs> well, I am already experienced that um I am um offering again. I'm going to mention that guy because he's amazing and I no, would love No, go ahead. I'm going to I'm going to try to get him on here, I guess. Please. And I would love if you can tag him in your, or, or we, we have to get him on here because I mentioned his name. To, uh, this is the second time. Yeah, so I'll, I'll tag him. When, mm -hmm. when I first um, joined TikTok, I was saying about Joe Tang, which is so amazing. Such a good guy. He has no idea how much he's he done for me. And I might have not said it enough. And I think this explains it and, and, and shows him that you came into my life at the right time. And uh, he's doing calls. He um, has a Google number and he's accepting calls from other people. And he's there just to give a hug. And he's listening to people. He's spending his time on listening to people. And uh, that um, was amazing to experience because I was on his call a few times and um, uh, I was comfortable enough with him to share a few things. And um, I am starting to do that on my own um, live. I took his idea and I am transferring to my live. And I have a Google number and I am um, having people texting me and um, they, I call them and we talk. And um, I yesterday was my first day of mm -hmm. doing that, and I was very nervous. Uh, my anxiety was starting to poke at me from every angle, but.
but I was lucky enough that I had people that I met on this platform and they already knew me. So it wasn't somebody new. Um, and um, they share their struggle. Um, they share their copy mechanism. They sit there and state what I'm trying to state every single day on my TikTok. This happened to me, but I'm standing I'm going through it, and we are doing this together. Together. Exactly. Community exactly. and support. Community, support, exactly. pillars, pillars of, well, exactly. a, couple of, a couple of the pillars of health and wellness for the body and the mind and the spirit is exactly. um, community, community and support. I mean, you got to have, you got to have those pillars in place. Exactly. And in September, I am going to, um, to um, put together a support group, a TikTok support group only for TikTok. Um, and I'm going to have it on Zoom. Um, I did not decide yet the schedule as I work from home and I need to go around that. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, once my son is with schooling and we can have starting the routine of, you know, September and everything, I'm going to have a, um, a Zoom uh, support group um, with a number of people. And um, that day when um, a eating disorder uh, survivor needs somebody to sit with them while they eat their meal so mm -hmm. they don't alone um, one of the meeting will be for that um, one meeting will be probably uh, more surely for um, sharing experiences sharing what we've gone through and where we are right now and um, because when when a person sits next to you and have gotten through similar situations. You can see the different stages where people are into trauma recovery. You have about 10 people around you and some of them might be in the same group and some of them might be a little bit more aware and some of them might be, you know, with more knowledge and can give more aspects of it and can make others strong so um i have the view of what i want to do with the zoom but i'm still planning on that so it's an ongoing planning yeah so you're just gonna have to learn as you go and yep. not be afraid of whatever happens just like what i'm doing with this whole podcast yeah. thing i have no clue what the heck i'm doing but <laughs> i hope even if just one person get something out of it. Hey, sign. I love talking to people. You just got to do it, baby. Just got to do it. Of right? Well, if you touch, if you touch one person, that's all it takes. One person. That's right. all it takes. One person. If, if that alone happens, it's amazing. If more then it's a gift. And one thing that I express to my TikTok friends. I tell them this. I am not looking to be viral or 
uh, be somebody like uh, that has millions and millions and thousands of millions <laughs> of likes. I am not looking for that. I'm comfortable where I am on TikTok right now. And when I wake up in the morning, I have my own routine. And when I do my TikToks, I'm saying this to myself. If one person finds one word and one video that I make that makes sense and connects with it, that's enough for me. Mm. That's the fact Amen. that the fact that there's more people than one, that's a gift to me. A gift. I'm taking that as a gift to me. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it, girl. I love it. I love you. Um, love you back. Ah, thank you. Thank you. Um, on that note, I think that we need to give information for people. Um, I actually have a Google number too. I do try to try to do the same thing. Um, I have not not like what you do, but make it available for people. But I think it'd be a good idea if maybe you want to share your Google number and I could put that in the notes below or, or no. I can I can I can um I can share it with you after the live because I don't have it and it's in my computer. Um, oh yeah. So are you okay putting it in the notes for people? That's fine, yes, that's fine. Oh okay. Okay. And then your TikTok is Aura Hoffman. At Aura Hoffman, yeah. Mm -hmm. At Aura Hoffman. And I'm going to put those in the show, show notes. Is there anywhere else that you'd like them to get in touch um, with you? I am also uh, a new member of a Facebook, uh, Facebook book group that mm -hmm. it's called the... Let me see. My accent is getting... I, I, that's, it, that's okay. Uh, the, uh, the Sunshine Crew. The Mental Sunshine Health Crew. Sunshine crew, yeah, mm -hmm. mental health support group. The picture is with the sun that has two hands like this, and I believe it's um, it states as if what is be beneath your smile. And um, oh. I just joined oh. that a few days ago, and um, I I uh, would love this group to become more and more um, aware uh, that exists. Okay. I think it is a beautiful group, and people will call connect on that oh, okay so well. wait let me just let me say it again the sunset the sunshine crew mental health support group yes mm -hmm. okay so i'll put that in the notes too um okay just hang out for a second um yes. as you all know if you've listened to my other podcast uh, uh all the notes everything all the information about me will be in the notes below also, I give away, give out my Google number for anybody who has any questions about the podcast, has any um, suggestions to do on the podcast, or actually want to be on the podcast. My number is 609-429-4058. Um, I want to talk about the Roar, which is the only packaged good I eat and the only thing that I promote on my show because I... I eat them quite often. I love the company. I am an affiliate and an ambassador. Um, they give 10% of their net proceeds to feed the hungry children worldwide. That's one of the biggest reasons I agreed to be an ambassador and an affiliate of the company. But any kind of diet can eat this bar. It is vegan. 
uh, but it's protein packed, uh, organic ingredients, 11 to 13 net carbs, which is really nice for, for not spiking your blood sugar. Um, no artificial sweeteners. It's sweetened by coconut nectar and black strap molasses um, and held together by coconut oil, which is really great for your brain. Um, so it's awesome. And I would love for you to use the link below because that will help me and it will help the company. But on that note, I want to say thank you so much, Aura, for being with me and spending this time with me. I truly love you. I, I am, I just love you so much, and um, thank you for all you do. Okay. Thank you so much. And in closing, I want to uh, thank you for giving me this opportunity to speak um, to a, a maybe larger crowd, and um, I have a message. Go ahead. Tell your message, girl. My message is this. Please know that you are not alone. And please know that your feelings and your emotions matter. And in those dark days that you think you don't have much to give to the world or to your own self, Hold on, because better days will come. Thank you. Thank you, darling. On that note, have a wonderful and blessed day, everyone. Thank you for coming. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.